So I got a question to ask you guys to start off today. If Jesus stood in this room right now, if he walked into this room, a physical man named Jesus walked into this room, and he started looking around at each of us face to face, and he started telling us which of us he knows, not if we know him, but each of us that he knows, would you be one that he knows? Jesus walked in here today. I didn't say, did you know Jesus? Did, if he walked in here today, would he know you? We've been in this series for a while. It all base, is based out of this verse. When Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's laws. So for those who've been with us, you know that we're on like week 11 of this series. For those of you who are new, we're on week 11 of this series. I'm going to encourage you to go back and watch some of the other videos in weeks 1 through 10 to kind of get the full gist of where we're going. But the point is, someone comes up and asks this question, how do I know? How do I know that Jesus isn't talking about me? This is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. It's getting towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount when he says this. The Sermon on the Mount starts in Matthew 5, so we've been processing through Matthew 5 and 6 because Jesus has given us an incredible blueprint of how he needs to know us, not how we would know him. So the question has been, I want all of you to know Jesus, but more importantly, I want him to know you, each of you. So last week, we had, over the last two weeks, we've probably had like the hardest two pieces of this Sermon on the Mount to deal with. When Jesus starts talking about where you store up your treasures and he starts separating money from God, you can't love money and love God. You can't serve both. Then, we, then he started talking about worry, and we talked about how money, pre-pandemic and in the pandemic, money is still the number one worry of Americans. No coincidence that Jesus combined those two. He talked about serving money, that being a master, you can't serve both. Then he follows that right up with worry. And he says things like worry dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. He said, seek the kingdom of God first, and everything will be given to you. We talked about how worry attacks your faith, and ultimately it separates you from God. That's the problem with worry. Worry separates you from God. Scripture says God's perfect love cast out what? Fear. God's perfect love cast out fear. Fear is worry. So if we're allowing fear and worry to dominate our thoughts, it's separating us from God, and it's weakening our faith. He said things like, O ye of little faith, for the King James crowd. Or in my NLT Bible, he said, you have such little faith. If you miss one of those teachings over the last two weeks, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to them because they are probably two of the most important things we could ever talk about in terms of how to be known by Jesus. We talked at length about how you can have the same situation, the same exact thing happen, but it, it depends on where your heart. Why did you do what you did? 
Did you do it for an earthly treasure or do, did you do it for a heavenly treasure? So this, isn't, this isn't about going out and selling everything you have and being poor and all that. That's not what Jesus said. It's about where your heart is, and that's what this whole series has been about. Here's the thing. I was supposed to move on from worry this week and move into chapter 7, and we're right at the finish line of getting real close. The scripture's not up here anymore, but getting really close. And God told me to stay in worry, not stay in worry, but stay on the topic of worry for a little bit longer. So I'm going to say a few more things today. A lot of it is because of some things that have happened this week in our country and in our world. So I don't think there's any secret right now to you guys that we live in a world that's trying to make us full of we- fear and worry, right? But here's the thing. Something I didn't say last week that I just, as soon as the service was over, I was like, I missed something. If somebody or some group of people is trying to put fear into you or worry into you, it is not from God. Do you hear me? If somebody's trying to put worry into you or fear into you, it's not God because Scripture cannot contradict itself. Scripture can't say God didn't give you a spirit of fear and then turn around and have someone tell you that God told them to tell you something that puts fear into you. Okay? Because I am getting really sick and tired of people telling me what God is telling them, and it doesn't line up with Scripture. And I think that's the burden. So today, you know, this morning I was kind of putting the finishing touches on this. Let's not lie, I was getting started on it. But the point is, I got kind of fired up because it's it's really tired. It's really hard right now and tiresome with everything that's going on. We're getting hit with new things every week, and Christians are battling against Christians, and I'm tired of people putting fear and worry, and I'm not talking about the government as much as I'm talking about Christians doing it to Christians. We are supposed to be building each other up, not putting worry into somebody. For some of us, it's our families, our jobs, our government, state, federal, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to say a few things, and I need to warn you, don't get too excited about what I say if you agree with me, and don't get too offended with what I say if you don't agree, because I'm going to kind of tackle both sides of this. If someone tries to put fear into someone else, whether someone's putting it into you or you're putting it into someone else to get a vaccine, that's not from God. His word says he didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. And it says his perfect love casts out fear. So if somebody tells me to do something and it puts fear into me, that's not from God. But here's the thing. Let's go to the other side. If you try to put fear into someone or somebody tries to put fear into you because you did get a vaccine, that's not from God either. We've got to look at both sides of this. We are so polarized, and don't worry, I'm not just going to talk about vaccines today. I really, really, really try hard not to go political, but I think we've got to talk about what's going on in our world. If you try to put fear into someone to get a vaccine, that's not from God. If you try to put fear into someone to not get it or when they've already gotten it, that is not from God. Vaccine, mask, whatever, isolation. For both scenarios, his word says he didn't give us a spirit of fear. So if somebody tells you something that's putting fear into you, it's not from God. Are you getting it? I'm going to say it like a thousand times and try to beat it in everyone's head today. In either scenario, you're spreading worry or fear, 
and that's not from God because worry and fear separate us from God. If it separates us, it can't be from Him. Does that make sense? So I'm challenging you. If you are a believer in Jesus, if you are a follower in Jesus, I want you to think about what you're saying to other people and what you're posting and what you're replying to posting. And guess what? This is a gut punch for me too. I've not been shy about posting my opinions now. I've tried to bring them all back to let's have faith in Jesus. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. When someone attacks our opinion, we feel like we have to defend our opinion, right? So today is going to be a little bit of a challenge. The words coming out of my mouth, the opinions that I have, are they creating fear for someone else? If my words are creating fear for someone, it is not from God. If your words are creating fear for someone, it's not from God. This is a time that our thoughts and our discussions should be pointing people to God, not away from God through fear. Does that make sense? This is an awesome opportunity. When people are scared, they need hope. This is an awesome opportunity to be different, to be a light, to show them something different, not, into, not engage in the arguments and put fear into them. We've talked about this before. If you need a refresher, I can point you to the weeks on our new fancy little app where we talk about fear. There's only one good fear, and I'm going to put good fear in quotes, and that's fear of the Lord. But do you guys remember what that means? It doesn't mean be scared of him. Maybe you should be if you're going against his will. But the fear of the Lord, when we hear verses like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding, we hear verses like that, it's talking about standing in awe of our God. So when we say God didn't give us a spirit of fear, it's a different thing. It's where we as Americans in our American language have dummied down the Greek, Hebrew, whatever, and instead of separating the words, we've taken like four words and put them into one word called fear, and we mislabeled it. There is one good fear, and that's standing in awe of God, and that's what we should be doing right now. We have to be teaching people to have fear of the Lord, not fear of a virus or a vaccine or of our brothers or of our government or our president or whatever. As a Jesus follower, we need to stand in awe at the wisdom and knowledge God has given us. So you may have one side of it, and you may say, well, um, God's given wisdom to doctors, and so I'm going to stand in awe of the medicines and vaccines that he's given them. Or you can flip over to the other side and say, I'm going to stand in awe at the fact that Jesus healed people, and that he told us we have the same authority. And he walked up to the leper and touched the leper. What I'm trying to tell you is, if a Christian comes up to me and says one or either of those, I should say, okay, at least you're standing in awe of your almighty God. <laughs> but what do we do? If I'm on one side, if I'm anti-vaccine, I'm trying to convince them, you sure that's from the Lord? That's not from the Lord. If I'm pro-vaccine, I'm trying to tell them you're stupid if you don't listen to the wisdom God's given doctors. And what I'm telling you is don't engage in these arguments. Quit engaging. Let's point people to the awe-inspiring God because maybe for some of us, the awe is going to be that he's given that wisdom, and maybe for some of us, the awe is going to be that he heals without the medicine, and that's okay. You can be on one side or the other and still be in awe of your God and not cave to fear, okay? Both of those <laughs> could be considered healthy, 
right? Both of those are standing in awe of God. So I've changed the script a little bit. I'm not talking about being scared of something. I'm talking about being in awe of God. And both of those could be healthy, quote, fears. But here's the problem. Many of the people that stand on one side or the other are putting more faith in the doctor than they are in the almighty God they should be in awe of. So that's really the challenge is where are we putting our faith? If someone is walking up to you and putting worry into you, where are they putting their faith? And this is a challenge, and it should be a challenge for all of us. If we're putting our faith in a doctor, that's not the right place for our faith. But if we're putting our faith in how smart we are to figure it out and in all these conspiracy theories and all that, that's not the right place for our faith either, right? Because it seems like we're just one or the other. But there is a fact right now that our world is full of misinformation, it's full of fear, it's full of worry, and it's being used to control people. Would you agree or disagree? Okay, did you know that this week... 3,000 doctors sued President Biden. Anybody know that? 3,000 doctors sued President Biden. What do you think it was over? Say it. What do you think it was over? Not a vaccine. Not money. 3,000 doctors sued President Biden this week. Not because of a medicine. I'll give you a hint. Because of a surgery they're required to do. In our world right now, if you refuse to do a gender change surgery, you will be fired as a surgeon. See, we're over here arguing about a vaccine between Christians and whether we should take it or not, and the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Let's just be honest. 3,000 doctors sued because they don't want, they want to be able to determine if they want to give that surgery or not. And you're probably like, ah, oh, it's probably way out there in California or somewhere where they're doing all this weird stuff. You know where this lawsuit originated out of? Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's in our backyard. Scotland. Anybody, anybody, anybody ever want to go to Scotland? Want to go. You want to go to Scotland? Okay, you know what they passed in the last couple of months? If you are four years old or older, you can determine whether or not you get a sex change. Four years old. <laughs> four years old. What's my point? We're sitting over here arguing with each other. And we're putting fear into each other. And there's a whole world right now that needs to be taught to quit worrying and stand in awe of an almighty God because our world's going to heck in a handbasket and there's nothing I can do about it. But I can teach people to love God and I can teach people to be known by Jesus so that when they die, no matter what they die of, they go to heaven, right? Okay? Here's the crazy, scary thing. In the Bible, we hear about this town called Sodom and Gomorrah. And God made it very clear He's not going to tolerate this kind of evil in our whole world. The United States, Scotland, our whole world is in this right now. He rained fire down on Sodom and Gomorrah. They, 
weren't having sex changes there. What I'm trying to say is the things that we are tolerating in our societies today is so much more evil than anything we ever saw in Scripture when it comes to that. There is a man that grew up, and I can't remember where he is, um, but he grew up with his grandmother. His grandmother raised him, and his grandmother dressed him up in women's clothes. So he grew up very confused about the fact that he was a boy, but he felt like he was supposed to dress like a girl. As soon as he got to an age that he could make a decision, he had a sex change surgery. Guess what he regrets 30 years later? So he has started a website, and all he does, first of all, let me, let me go a little bit deeper. He gets involved in church somehow, some way. He gives his life to Jesus. Jesus starts convicting him. There's nothing you can do to reverse this. But he can't have a purpose for his life. So now he spends his entire life trying to talk people out of doing this. And the statistic that he gave that blew my mind is that 41% of people who have sex changes end up killing themselves. But we're so wrapped up in a vaccine and killing less than 1% and all this that we don't even see the evil that's going around us right now. This week, anybody, I know I told y'all not to watch the news, so that's why I'm trying to tell you what's happening on the news since you're not watching the news. This week, it came out in documents that the United States funded COVID experiments in China as far back as 2014. Isn't this the third time in a year and a half we've learned this truth? (laughs) Did you really hear about it, though? My point is, I think Paul warned us about this. He was talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, and he said, you should know this, Timothy. In the last days, there will be very difficult times. People will only love themselves and their money. Isn't that part of the world we live in and what we just talked about the last couple weeks? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. That's what's going on in our world, guys. I'm not like an end-of-times doomsday preacher prophecy guy. I'm not trying to tell you that the world is close to an end, but I'm reading Scripture and saying, man, I better get unfocused on all this worry and start focusing on what's important and making sure Jesus knows you guys. Because the way I read this, God doesn't tolerate this kind of stuff. Timothy says, I mean, Paul says, look for these things, Timothy, because when you see them, you better start looking up. (laughs) That's not exactly what he says. I'm paraphrasing it. So we've got two choices. We can look at the world. And we can be overwhelmed by what we see. We can be overwhelmed by the thoughts that our children are going to see it and experience it. And I can't believe this stuff has actually happened. Can you, I mean, a four-year-old is going to make a choice on what sex they're going to be. How many of you have had a four-year-old at some point in your life? Yeah. They can't even make a decision on a puppy to buy. And we're going to make a decision on what they're going to be for the rest of their lives. It's going to 41% chance lead them to death. (laughs) So we can either be overwhelmed by what's going on, worried about our children, 
argue with a bunch of other Christians, get all consumed with worry and fear, and we allow Satan to win. Or we can take Jesus' words and Paul's words very seriously and put our faith in a God that you stand in awe of no matter what the world looks like. And that's where I'm trying to go. Let's quit worrying. Let's quit arguing. Let's quit fighting with people. And let's get focused on standing in awe of God instead of worrying about what's going on in the world. I really can't change what's going on in the world, right? Can you change what's going on in the world? You can change what's going on around you in your work atmosphere, in your family. But I'm talking about the world, the world stage. So the question becomes, are we going to engage in all this worry and fear and talking about the news, or are we going to engage in making sure everyone we come in contact knows who the Almighty God is? I think this series about being known by Jesus, not, you know, our world's all about being known by man, right? how popular a preacher is, how many likes. I was listening to something the other day talking about a mega church that completely imploded. They went from 15,000 people with 15 campuses in two months to zero. And he was preaching the gospel every Sunday. But it was all about him. It was all about his brand. It was all about get on board with me or I'll run over you. And let's be honest, we see that in a lot of our churches, but we see it all in the world. It's all about me. It's all about look at me. And I'm telling you, let's quit worrying about man because there's this thing called fear of man. And unfortunately, a lot of pastors failed to it. I'm only going to preach this certain type of message because I don't want someone to be upset with me. And the reality is we've got to quit worrying about man. We've got to quit having that fear, and we've got to put our fear in a holy God. Do you fear God? Do you stand in awe of God? Or do you fear the world and fear what man thinks of you right now? The reason I'm asking this question is because most of us are engaging in these arguments because we fear what somebody thinks of our opinion or whether they're going to believe us or whether they're going to think we're crazy because we are or are not getting a shot. But I'm begging you to take your worry off those things of the world and put your attention on standing in awe of Jesus. And we talk... We talked, or God, we talked about this back in January. So you guys can go back and listen to that. We spent a whole Sunday or two talking about the fear of the Lord returning this year. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I made a comment like, I really want to focus this year on the return of the fear of the Lord. A new 2020 sucked, but we thought it was over with in January, right? We thought the craziness was over with. And it's just escalated. It's escalated this week to the point that it's affecting people in this room. See, we're just a little small church in Friendsville, Tennessee, and it's not really affecting us, right? But this week it started affecting us by things being mandated by our government. I think the problem is in America we've gotten pretty dependent on the safety that we have from our government. We live and die by who's in power. Is it conservative? Is it liberal? And now we're faced with our government doing something completely unprecedented. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I don't care which side of the vaccine aisle you're on. I don't care. I really don't care what's being done right now goes against our constitutional rights that we've gotten so comfortable with. We've gotten so comfortable. 
And I'm not trying to go down the route of government and politics and all that crap. I'm going down the route of where do we put our faith. I think in 2020 and 2021, some things are getting exposed. We said it in 2020. Some things are getting exposed. Who is putting their faith in the comforts of the world we have built up in America and our American churches and our entertainment and all that in church? And who's putting their faith in God? Because it's about to be tested. If your government can mandate something on you that goes against the Constitution, which they did this week, it sets up new precedent. And your rights are gone. That is not meant to put fear. That is meant to say you better get your fear in the right place. It's time for us to put our big boy pants on and get our fear in the awe of God, the right kind of fear versus where our government is. For the first time in our nation's history, we are about to start facing what other Christians and other countries face. This week, I saw a Facebook post. and had two little boys. And one was coming out of a baptistry in an American church. And the dad was talking about how incredible it was to see his son being baptized. The other picture was of a bloodied boy running through the streets, reported to be someone escaping persecution in Afghanistan for the people in that church being murdered. I want to be careful. I'm not telling you these things to put fear into you. That's where we started. I'm saying we've got to face facts. Will you still be faithful to God when things aren't easy? Will you still be faithful when your religious freedoms are gone? Or will you cave to fear and worry and allow it to separate you from God so you can survive? And this may be our time to find out who the real Jesus followers are. We have warned you. (laughs) We started warning last year. We could see this coming. We're not prophetic in that sense of saying God was showing it. We could just see the writing on the wall that this stuff is coming. And I think it was easy for everyone to just bury their heads in the sand and say, well, this COVID thing will move on, and it's not that big a deal, and it'll go by. And I think this COVID era for us is a time that a line is sort of drawn in the sand. And it's time for us to decide which side of that line we're on. And I'm not talking about which side of the vaccination line. I'm talking about the fear line. I think this is a line that's going to sell it's going to separate true faithful believers versus those that play Christian for what they get out of it. Let's be honest. Most of us at some point became a Christian because we got something out of it. But if persecution hits, are we going to stand up for our faith? Are we going to be a true believer? You know, Joshua said something in Joshua 24 that many of us have hanging on our houses. We have it hanging in our walls. We sang it this morning. It said, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. But I want you to take a little bit bigger look at that scripture. Joshua was reminding his people how good God had been to them. They had gone through a lot. And they finally got to the promised land. And Joshua says, so fear the Lord. Respect him. Be in awe of him. And serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And I'm trying to think, when Joshua wrote this, and he said this, 
What would he say to us if he were here today? Because he's telling them, put away your idols in Egypt. Put away your idols in the Amorites. What would he say to us? Would he say things like, man, put away your idols of college football. Put away your idols of that new car. Put away your idols of your faith in your government. Put away your, 401, your faith in your 401k plan, your retirement plan. Because those things become our idols. Put away your faith in sports. Put away your faith in how good your kids do in sports or how good your kids do in school. Put away your faith in doctors. Put away your faith in that nice, relaxing vacation you're looking forward to. And put your faith in the Almighty God who is, who was, and who will always be. Okay? And I didn't say any of those things were bad things, right? I didn't say not one of those things is a bad thing. I said, where do they rank in your life? Maybe God gives you wisdom to save for retirement. But is your faith in that? Maybe God gives you wisdom that you need a vacation so you don't kill somebody. But is that where your faith is in, that next vacation? I'm being facetious, obviously. None of those things are bad things. It's about where they rank in your life and where you're putting your faith. If I think God tells me not to take a vaccine or if I think God tells me to take a vaccine... The point is, if I fully trust in him and do what he says for me, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. If I choose to do one or the other and I die, where's my faith? I may take a vaccine and it may kill me. I may not take a vaccine and that may kill me. Where's my faith? This is a hard thing to look at because we've talked about this before. Fear of death is what's been exposed in this whole thing. <laughs> Am I putting my faith in a life where everyone around me agrees with me, my opinions or stances, or is my faith in the creator of the world? He's the only one who determines when I'm going to die. I'm going to say something that's undisputable. You cannot argue at this point. 100% of the people that take a COVID vaccine vaccination will die eventually. And 100% of people who don't take that vaccine will die eventually. And you have nothing to do with it. God is the only one that knows that. So let's quit arguing about this stuff. Let's quit worrying about it because we're going to die and that sounds really great and encouraging, right? The point is put your faith in the right place, and then you don't care about dying. I'm going to make the decision for me and my family that God puts on my heart, and I'm going to let God work out the rest of it. Kaylee's not here today, so I hope it's okay I use her as an example, but early on in this process, she got vaccinated. But ask her why. She works with cancer patients. And she said, if I take something and I don't know what's in it and it kills me, I'm doing it to protect them. I think that's called storing up your treasures in heaven because her heart was a sacrificial heart that I'll do whatever it takes to help those people. Okay? Well, I'll go to the other end of the spectrum. I got a friend named Joey. He gave up his kidney for someone last year. My buddy's going to die if he doesn't get a kidney. I'm going to give my kidney. Guess what? He ain't getting a vaccine. That's his choice. I'm trying to give you one extreme or the other. 
What is your heart around it? That's all God's concerned about. What is your heart in the actions you're doing? I want to say if you're seeking God 100%, it doesn't really matter what you're going to do. He knows the steps of your life. But what is important? It is important who we're going to choose that we're going to serve. Joshua says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And that's one of the reasons I'm so glad Peyton sang that song again today. It doesn't say, I'm going to serve Trump, I'm going to serve Biden, I'm going to serve Fauci, I'm going to serve Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson, Johnson, I'm going to serve Democrats, I'm going to serve Republicans, I'm going to serve, no, it says, I'm going to serve the creator of the universe, the great I am, Yahweh, Yehovah, Yeshua, the only person that has any determination of what's going to happen in my life. That's who I'm going to serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, my job is not to convince you to follow me and what I do with the worldly things. My goal and my job is to talk you and convince you into following me in the important things. So this is kind of one of those moments. I'm asking you today to choose who you're going to serve. This could be the most important day of your life. But the most important day of my life was when I received Jesus. Absolutely. But I'm asking you right now, who are you going to serve? Where are you going to put your faith? Will you stand in all the great I am? Or we put your faith in what's going on in our world right now. And there's no middle ground. Jesus said you cannot serve worry and God at the same time. So which one is it going to be? So tomorrow, I'm asking everyone in here, and for those that aren't here today, I'm going to reach out to every single one of them, and I'm asking you guys to do something together with us. I'm asking you to start a year Bible plan. Because if we just watch the news or if we just watch what's going on in our society, we're going to be full of fear. And we have to read Scripture. We have to know what God's Word says. So this isn't some religious thing where I'm asking you to read Scripture just to read Scripture. I'm asking you to read it because this is literally about a life or death thing. If you got the little Bible plan on the app or whatever, if you, if you can't get either one of those, text me. I'll tell you what it is for the day. It's really simple. It's going to have an Old Testament and a New Testament every day. And I'm going to try to give you a little bit of encouragement around it for that day. The part of the encouragement is so that we're all doing this together and we see that we're in this together. But there's something that Paul talked about, and we're going to play a little video. It's crazy when God does this. And Eli, I'm going to ask you to get a video. Well, actually, I can play it from my phone. Um, Lonnie had no idea what I was going to talk about today. And this morning she reached out to me and she said, can we play this video? And I want you to think about something when you watch this video. Paul, when he told us how to fight spiritual warfare, he gave us all these defensive weapons. Helmet, breastplate, shield, belt, shoes. But he gave us one offensive weapon. What was it? The sword. And what is the sword? It's the Word. It's the Word of God. That's why it's so important that tomorrow we start this together. What's the point? Satan used to hide. He used to hide, and he just showed up in these little places. You're like, surely that's not going on. God is blatant now. He's in our face. He doesn't care. Why? Because everyone else around here doesn't care. They only care about themselves. They don't really care about it. We're living in a world. Satan is right there. Paul says the battle's going on up here in a heavenly realm we can't see, and Satan's like, I don't even care anymore. I'll let it happen right here and show it to you. And there's only one way to fight it, and that's the Word of God. 
That's why I'm asking you and I'm begging you to start reading Scripture with us. If you're already doing it, awesome. You don't have to join in on our plan. But too many people, and I was one of these people who want to show up on Sunday and just give me a little word and a little dose and a little encouragement, and we're not digging in during the week. And how in the world are we going to stand up if we don't know the Word of God? Because you know what? I might get COVID tomorrow and die. Can you stand up here and fill my place next week if that happens? There ought to be 20 people that can say, yes, I will step up there and do it. Because this week I read this in Scripture, and this is what God showed me. We've got to quit being weak. I'm not calling any of you weak, because I think we are. We have focused a lot in the last two and a half years on becoming warriors. But it's time to take a step forward and go a little farther. There's something Wendy and I use a lot in counseling. We say there's three parts to everything. There's God's part, there's my part, there's your part. God's always doing his part. You came here today. He stirred you to be here. He's doing his part. And you did your part in coming. I'm going to do my part. I'm giving you everything I got, and I'm preaching the uncomfortable things that no one wants to hear right now. And I've done it to the point that we've lost people. But I'm going to keep doing my part. You've got to do your part. Every one of you has got to do your part. And I'm not looking at anybody individually right now. But we've got to join in this together. We've got to be that girl with the sword. When she didn't have her sword, the enemy took her over. The enemy intimidated her. The enemy tied her up and threw her down. The significance of that was she was bound up. And she was thrown down. But then the angel comes and gives her the sword. We have the sword. And he taught her how to use the sword. We're going to teach you how to use the sword. That's what this whole thing is about over the next year. But we have to do something, guys. Each of us has a part in this. You can't wait, rely on your pastor or whoever you're listening to online. We have to do something if we want to change. Because what if our government starts shutting down churches? They announced this morning there's more things coming this week. Have you noticed how it happens? They throw out a little feeler, and then they do it. And they throw out a little feeler, and then they do it. And every week you're like, holy crap, it cannot get any worse. It just can't get any worse. And this morning they announced more's coming this week. That is not meant to put fear into you. That is meant to say we've got to get out of our comfort zones here. Because there might be a day soon within the next year, two years, five years, whatever, that we're meeting secretly in a home. If Satan's this much at play and he's convinced an entire country to put the hands of a sex change in a four-year-old, you think he can't convince the United States to shut churches down? Again, I'm not trying to put fear into you, but I'm going to ask you a question. Would Jesus know you? Do you want Jesus to know you? Because today is the day you get to choose if you're going to serve worry you know, a couple of weeks ago I said you're going to get to choose if you serve money or God. Today I'm saying it's the choice are you going to serve worry and fear or are you going to serve an almighty God? So, Father, as we leave here today, give us courage to fight the fight you want us to fight. Not argue, but to point people to your son, Jesus. Father, help us to stand in awe of who you are and not worry about what's going on around us, but to be a light in a very, very dark place. 
So, Father, as we leave today, I'm going to pray a blessing that you gave to your people. It says, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great week.